Hey everybody, welcome to our discipleship journey at Beach Church. We are so excited that you chose to be with us today. We will be listening to a piece of scripture. You'll be hearing some thoughts from one of our writers about that scripture, and we'll be giving you some questions for you to think about and consider, and maybe explore what God is doing in your heart. Our discipleship journey is designed to help you see that God is near and that he wants to have a meaningful relationship with you. So get comfortable, open up your heart and your mind, and let's explore what God has for us today. Hey everyone, this is Emmanuel Escobar. Welcome to week 12 of our discipleship journey. Uh, Today we're going to be reading through the book of Acts chapter 20 through to part of chapter 21. Paul goes to Macedonia and Greece. Verse 1. When the uproar was over, Paul sent for the believers and encouraged them. Then he said goodbye and left for Macedonia. While there, he encouraged the believers in all the towns he passed through. Then he traveled down to Greece, where he stayed for three months. He was preparing to sail back to Syria when he discovered a plot by some Jews against his life, so he decided to return through Macedonia. Several men were traveling with him. They were Sopater, son of Phyrus from Berea, Aristocrus, and Secundus from Thessalonica, Gaius from Derby, Timothy, and Theseus from Trophimus, from the providence of Asia. They went on ahead and waited for us at Troas. After the Passover ended, we boarded a ship in Philippi in Macedonia, and five days later joined them in Troas, where they stayed a week. On the first day of the week, we gathered with the local believers to share in the Lord's Supper. Paul was preaching to them, and since he was leaving the next day, He kept talking until midnight. The officer's room where we met was lighted with many flickering lamps, and as Paul spoke on and on, a young man named Eticus, sitting on the windowsill, became very drowsy. Finally, he fell sound asleep and dropped three stories to his death below. Paul went down, bent over him, and took him into his arms. Don't worry, he said, he's alive. Then they all went back upstairs, shared in the Lord's Supper, and ate together. Paul continued talking to them until dawn, and then he left. Meanwhile, the young man was taken home alive and well, and everyone was greatly relieved. Paul went by land to Azos, where he had arranged for us to join him, while we traveled by ship. He joined us there, and we sailed together to Mytilene. The next day, we sailed past the island of Chios. The following day, we crossed to the island of Samos, and a day later, we arrived at Miletus. Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus, for he did not want to spend any more time in the province of Asia. He was hurrying to get to Jerusalem, if possible in time for the festival of Pentecost. But when we landed at Miletus, he sent a message to the elders of the church at Ephesus, asking them to come and meet him. When they arrived, he declared, You know that from the day I set foot in the province of Asia until now, I have done the Lord's work humbly and with many tears. I have endured the trials that came to me from the plot of the Jews. I never shrank back from telling you what you needed to hear, either publicly or in your homes. I have had one message for the Jews and Greeks alike, the necessity of repenting from sin and turning to God, and of having faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem, I don't know what awaits me, except that the Holy Spirit tells me in the city after city that jail and suffering lay ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news 
about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal's death, it's not my fault. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. So guard yourself and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, and over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day, and my many tears for you. And now entrust you to God and the message of His grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those He has set apart for Himself. I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. You know that these hands of mine have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who are with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with him. They all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. They were sad most of all because he had said that they would never see him again. Then they escorted him down to the ship. Chapter 21 After saying farewell to the Ephesian elders, we sailed straight to the island of Kos. The next day we reached Rhodes and then went to Patara. Then we boarded a ship sailing to Phoenicia. We sighted the island of Cyprus, passed it on our left, and landed at the harbor of Tyre in Syria, where the ship was to unload its cargo. We went ashore, found the local believers, and stayed with them a week. These believers prophesied through the Holy Spirit that Paul should not go to Jerusalem. When we returned to the ship at the end of the week, the entire congregation, including women and children, left the city and came down to shore with us. There we knelt, prayed, and said our farewells. Then we went aboard, and they returned home. The next stop after leaving Tyre was Ptolemy, where we greeted the brothers and sisters and stayed for one day. The next day we went on to Caesarea and stayed at the home of Philip, the evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen to distribute food. He had four unmarried daughters who had the gift of prophecy. Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it, and he said, The Holy Spirit declares, So shall the owner of this belt be bound by Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. But he said, Why all this weeping? You're breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, we gave up and said, Let the Lord's will be done. After this, we packed our things and left for Jerusalem. Some believers from Sisera accompanied us, and they took us to the home of Manson, a man originally from Cyprus and one of the early believers. When we arrived, the brothers and sisters in Jerusalem welcomed us warmly. The next day, Paul went with us to meet with James, and all the elders of the Jerusalem church were present. After greeting them, Paul gave a detailed account of the things God had accomplished among the Gentiles through his ministry. 
After hearing this, they praised God, and they said, You know, dear brother, how many thousands of Jews have also believed, and they all followed the law of Moses very seriously. But the Jewish believers here in Jerusalem have been told that you are teaching all the Jews who live among the Gentiles to turn their backs on the law of Moses. They heard that you teach them not to circumcise their children or follow other Jewish customs. What should we do? They will certainly hear that you have come. Here's what we want you to do. We have four men here who have completed their vow. Go with them to the temple and join them in the purification ceremony, paying for them to have their heads ritually shaved. Then everyone will know that the rumors are false and that you yourself observe the Jewish laws. As for the Gentile believers, they should do what we already told them in the letter. They should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or the meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. So Paul went to the temple the next day with the other men. They had already started the purification ritual, so he publicly announced the date when their vows would end and sacrifices would be offered for each of them. Week 12 Journal Entry As Paul journeyed on his mission, he continued to bounce from riot to prison to Jewish festival to temple and back again. He led with encouragement and passion, serving God with humility and fervor no matter where it would lead him. His message was clear and for all people. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus, Acts 20, verse 21. In the next text, we see a decided shift into focusing on the Holy Spirit guidance and power. Paul has heard the Holy Spirit's warning to him. He knows he will experience pain, persecution, and prison, and shares this warning with the elders of the church. Can you imagine sharing your fate with your friends, knowing you're headed into hardship? That conversation would probably not end well, and they would certainly take action to prevent you from that harm. But Paul heard about what awaits for him from the voice of God himself, the Holy Spirit. And although the message is difficult, he knows that God can be trusted. His plea to those he shares his fate with is not to stop him from finishing this race, but to encourage them to listen and to follow the Holy Spirit as well. We see them doing this clearly in just a few verses later. Through the Spirit, they urged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. When it was time to leave, we left and continued on our way. Acts 21, verse 4 through 5. Paul has consistently shown his obedience to both the law of God and the Holy Spirit, leading others into the same obedience as well. Week 12 Discussion Questions Reread Acts 22, verse 24. Paul shares that he's not sure what will happen to him, and it will surely be hard but he considers his life worth nothing. We don't face the same persecution he experienced, so how are we to understand the verses today? What race or task has the Holy Spirit given uniquely to you? When you think about trusting the Holy Spirit, how does that differ from trusting God or Jesus? What are some ways you can develop and strengthen your relationship with this third of the Trinity? Paul had others around him trusting the Holy Spirit for guidance, so he was not alone in understanding what God was speaking to him. Who are these people in your life? Thank you for being a part of our discipleship journey. We firmly believe that a deeper relationship with God is now within reach. 
If you feel led to dive deeper into God's Word, we've made it super simple for you to find our four-day-a-week Bible reading plan, along with the journal entry and some questions. All you got to do is go to beachchurchjacks.com slash discipleship journey, and you will be able to find all of our tools right there. See you next time. All scripture quotations are taken from the Holy Bible, New Living Translation, copyright 1996-2004-2015 by Tyndale House Foundation. Used by permission of Tyndale House Publishers, Carol Stream, Illinois 60188, all rights reserved.